Hello, welcome to Silent Wisdom Online Satsang. And Satsang is a great opportunity for all of us to meet, have spiritual discussions, ask spiritual questions, get our queries resolved, and be entertained as well. Many of us do not even have any questions. But we still like to just be here, connect, share. It's just beautiful like that. Today, we are going to start with a question that came from last week's session. And before I start answering the question, let me just recap on the gunas, what we discussed last time in more detail. But I'm just going to do a little recap of the same. Now, these Gunas, they have come from Bhagavad Gita or if I talk about it from the Sankhya philosophy. If you see in Bhagavad Gita, there is a mention of Sankhya philosophy. It has been talked about by Lord Krishna and that is where the three Gunas, the three qualities of nature have been talked about. In Sankhya, it is said that there is Purush and Prakriti and when we talk about Prakriti, it is made up of three gunas, rajas, tamas and sattva. And no creation is possible without any one of them. Whatever that we see, there is a combination of all of these three gunas into it. Of course, Sankhya had found this a long time back. But even when we look at modern science today, and it talks about proton, neutron and electron, it's the same thing. Proton is the rajas, Neutron is the sattva and electron is the tamas. And if you will look at the definitions, how these three elements are defined, and if you will look at the three gunas of uh, rajas, sattva and tamas, it is the same. So what is rajas? Rajas is movement, activity. It is about running towards results. All the activity that we see, it is based on the rajas gun. And the best way to remember Rajas is to remember a small child. Think of a small child. You see how much energy small children have? Running, playing, dancing. They can do that from morning till night, not get tired. The parents get tired, but they don't. So what is that? That means there is a dominance of Rajas gun over there. The creation, see, birth is the result of Rajas. That is where it takes place. When we talk about tamas, tamas is inertia, inactivity, laziness. It is the arresting of activity. And tamas is very important. See, whenever you need to sleep, that means that tamas has now taken over. Otherwise, you will not be able to sleep. And there are a lot of people we know who suffer from amnesia, who have difficulty sleeping. It's because the tamas is not enough there. So tamas is also very important. Even if uh, we are driving a car, see, we don't even only need the accelerator. We also need the brakes. Otherwise, how are we going to stop the car? And then when we think of tamas, of course, there are negative things associated with it as well. And we can think of an old person. Death is also associated with tamas. See, old people may have less, will have less energy. So that means now the tamas is taking over. And when the death happens, that means in that body, the tamas is dominating it to an extent where then the rajas and the sattva have decreased that now the body needs to go. 
and sattva, the third element, and what we call as neutron in science, is the balancing factor. Sattva balances both of them. And it is sattva which brings positivity. It brings peace, joy, devotion, simplicity, harmony. Because the moment there is balance, then all these qualities come up. And that is what the uh, sattva is doing. When we think of sattva, we think of people like Buddha, right? And sattva is also very important because sattva is the one which will give rise to buddhatva. When we talk about buddhatva, it does not mean Gautam Buddha. It means the capacity for realization that only comes through sattva. But sattva can also be a binding factor because sattva brings so much peace and happiness and joy that one can just get stuck over there. See, these are the three gunas of nature. But although sattva is very important, it is what will balance your life. Some people, uh, and especially of course, you know, we are talking about those whom we call sadhus, they can get stuck over there. So the final, the buddhatva is, or becoming a buddha is, going beyond all these three. In Hindi, we say it is gunatit. That means without the three qualities. Quality-less. It is a quality-less state. So this is just the basics on the three gunas. Now coming to the question, and I really like this question. How do these three gunas play their role in death and other misfortune for which individuals are absolutely not responsible? For example, accidents and epidemics. Now I am going to answer this question from two perspectives. And the first perspective, of course, is going to be the non-dual perspective. Okay, So let's try to understand that. See, from a non-dual perspective, it is just a play of three, what is, is, and then it is just the play of these three gunas, these three qualities, and the nature is playing it. Okay, You or person, the problem is we think we have a role to play over here. But from a non-dual perspective, you have no role to play. The ego is just coming in between. Creation, sustenance and destruction, that is the quality of the nature and it is happening. And let's try to understand it in a little more detail. Okay. Now, uh, you know, when you say that I prefer the taste of mango to the taste of banana, very simple example. And I'm sure many of us do that, right? We have preference for a certain food and we have a dislike for a certain food. You think you like mango, you have chosen mango over banana. If I'm going to offer you two fruits and you choose mango, the ego comes in and says, I have chosen the mango fruit. But from a non-dual perspective, it is not that you have chosen. Okay? How have you chosen? If we go a little deeper into it. You have tasted mango, of course, and you have tasted banana and your tongue. It is your tongue that has preferred the mango taste. So your tongue has a combination of sattva, rajas and uh, tamas in a particular way. There can be infinite combinations of these three uh, gunas. Okay? So there is a particular combination in your tongue and there is a particular combination in the mango. And your tongue prefers the mango. And there will be other people who will have a tongue which will prefer the banana. It's as simple as that. So 
don't think i like mango no it is just gunas which are playing the role okay we'll take one more example right now all of us are attending this satsang right we could have also gone to a disco we could have been uh, having dinner out maybe partying somewhere we could have been whatever there are so many things we could have been doing but we are sitting here and doing a satsang we are participating in a satsang and if we think that we have chosen to be part of this satsang then it's possibly uh, again from a non dual perspective you have not chosen you have a preference for certain kind of conversations you in the sense the mind because of the combination of the three gunas and clearly if people are attending satsang that means the sattva gun is dominant over here rajeshwari is saying we are having party here yes absolutely so why for us satsang is a party because here the way we the gunas are playing in my mind in this particular mind it is attracted to certain kinds of conversations certain kinds of people and so that is why we are over here okay so there is nothing we are choosing over here um there is one more uh, uh, you know thing you would have seen like um, even when krishna was there or gautam buddha was there did everybody recognize who they were not everybody they were also people who didn't like them so how is that possible you know sometimes we wonder how come they did not recognize like how come duryodhan did not recognize krishna and how come there were people who were against gautam buddha how is that possible well now we understand we can understand through this example that it is because if people had very high tamas or very high rajasik in them they will never be attracted to a buddha or to a krishna that is the way the elements work because buddha is full of sattva of course buddha is qualityless he has gone beyond the three elements that is a different thing but in the form what they are seeing what others are seeing is the dominance of sattva and a rajasik or a tamasic person will never be attracted to a sattvic person and a rajasik especially will say okay what is this buddha doing sitting quietly why is he not doing something he should be you know why is he not earning money why is he not going and uh, doing something right they are activity based so everybody does not recognize that so when we look at it from this perspective and if i answer that question then whether it is death whether it is accident whether it is epidemic it is just happening it is all part of the nature there is nobody who is doing it there is no doer over here and uh, i would also like to share the story uh, you know i really like the story there was uh, this zen master uh, rinjai uh, i think um, most of you would have heard about him and one day he was walking through a village and there is there was a there was one person who did not like him and he came running with a stick and he came and hit you know uh, it was a kind of a tree branch okay like a wooden stick from a tree and he came and hit him and rinjai just looked at him and just kept quiet and that person went away now there was another person who was watching this whole scenario and he said why didn't you say anything to him uh, why did you just keep quiet what kind of a person are you so rinjai said he said you know a couple of months back i was sleeping under a tree and one branch of a tree fell over me i did not say anything to the, uh, to the tree 
But this person said, what a stupid man you are. How can you say things to a tree? Of course, you didn't say things to a tree, but this was a man and he was doing this, you know, he was hitting you. He says, see, when the branch fell over me, the tree branch, that is what? Nature, right? Would we go and hit the tree? No, it is nature. We accept. But even what this man did and came and hit me, this is also nature. So how can I hit him? How can I say something to him when I haven't said anything to the tree? It's, yes, for, for regular people, it's very difficult to understand. I'm sure here in this satsang, people will understand what he's saying. So he's saying it is all nature. Even what the human is doing is nature. So what's the big problem over here? So if we look at it from that perspective again, when the epidemics are there, when the accidents are there, it is just the natural elements. It is nature playing. What's the problem over there? Let nature play. Let nature do whatever it wants to do. And that is what Rinjai can do. So this is from the non-dual perspective. Now, let us look at, but that is again, you know, something very rare. Not everybody can do that. So let us now come to the dual perspectives. Let us look at it from the second perspective. In the second perspective, clearly, the tamas and uh, the rajas are very high. You know, if there are accidents, if there are epidemics, definitely they are very, very high. That means the balance is not there. And we can also look at it from this way. Uh, like, you know, last time when I told this story of the Russian character who was... Um, uh, who got so much influenced by what this woman was doing and he was thinking every day that he should go and kill her. So what has happened? That tamsik, rajsik activity kept on going in the mind and he lost that balance. Now look at it. You know, here he thought of it and did that. But there is also a possibility that maybe he had another friend. Okay, I just want you to imagine. He has a friend. And every day he tells his friend the same thing. You know, somebody should go and kill that woman. Somebody should go and kill that woman. She is very bad. She is very cruel. And what will happen? Maybe this person will not do it, but the other person will go ahead and do it. So, and, and I'm sure all of us will be able to relate to this example, not from a murder perspective. But there are situations when somebody comes to us and influences us about a third person or something that they are very bad or something and we do get influenced and we do uh, you know how we behave with that third person sometimes does get influenced by what this person had told us and it is happening all the time this is at a very small scale but at a very large scale so epidemics and accident mean that some way or the other there is an imbalance of these gunas majorly in a lot of people Okay, that means a lot of people are imbalanced. That is what leads to these epidemics. And for that imbalance to happen, it is not only those who are doing the action. You know, like when we look at one person and say he has murdered or he has raped or he has created this uh, disease or he's doing that or some people are doing that. It's not only them. Everyone who has thought of it as well. Everyone, whenever we are thinking negatively, whenever we are... Uh, getting influenced by our tamas or rajas, we are equally responsible. We are adding on to it. And we also understand there is something called a universal memory or a big, uh, the chit, which is common. So somewhere that is getting passed on. And then when we look at this dual perspective where we live, what do we learn? That it is very important to 
again increase the sattva element in you very very important and once and those who can go beyond the sattva then definitely you know you become qualityless um i want to share with you uh, you know the story of uh, buddha's death maybe most of you know over here and it will further clarify the point that i'm trying to make over here you know on the last day uh, the day buddha left his body he had been invited by an old and poor villager to for a meal and um, he was so poor and and the region where he used to live in actually there used to be a lot of mushrooms there was a lot of uh, mushrooms were growing and these poor people what they used to do they used to dry those mushrooms and because they were just growing anywhere all over available for free and they would bring and keep them dry them and keep them so when buddha went to have food at this person's house he also had a few dried mushrooms with him and uh, he made a uh, you know like uh, he made the food with that and he served buddha and you would know that mushrooms many of the mushrooms are very poisonous okay and um, that day the vegetable the food that he served those mushrooms were poisonous and when buddha started eating that meal and the first bite he took he realized that they were very bitter and he could see that they were poisonous but then he looked at the host this poor man he had tears in his eyes i mean he could not believe that buddha had accepted his invitation and he was eating in his house he was full of joy so buddha didn't want to tell him that the mushrooms are bitter over here and buddha just kept on eating the food he finished the food said bye to this person came back and the moment he came back he fainted uh, and his doctors were called and they told they checked and they said there is no chance for him to live because the mushrooms were really poisonous they have spread all over his body it's very difficult and that is the night when buddha passed away but before he passed away um, his disciples asked him like you know like why did you uh, eat that as if you had realized that they were bitter why did you eat so he said see there was nothing wrong there it was just nature playing over there i saw this person who's full of joy okay which is again nature i saw the mushrooms which were bitter and which were poisonous which is again the quality of the nature and i was watching this whole thing and i was seeing okay for this body is also made up of nature and it has to die nobody can uh, you know save it today or tomorrow it is going to die so how does it matter you know let it be so i just kept on watching the joy of the host the poisonous mushrooms and this body getting affected by the poison there is no problem at all and then next thing what he said he told his devotees he said please go to that village okay and announce and tell everyone that this person who fed me the last meal is a very pious soul he is extremely fortunate he is a very nice and good person buddha has said this now the disciples of course went away and then you know um, buddha's closest disciple anand he was with buddha and he was not convinced so he asked buddha he said why why are you saying that what are you doing you know he is a murderer that person he has served you poisonous mushrooms so he says see that is the thing what has happened is nature but now what will happen if i do not do this if we do not tell this to the people there is a very high possibility that people there will be a war there will be a riot 
people will go and kill him they may burn his house they may burn his family and it will lead to a number of events you can imagine and you can relate this to how riots happen how war wars happen a war has started just today right so buddha what is buddha doing he is watching this whole show happening and he is putting a stop to it right away that is what he can do but of course 99% of the people cannot do this and that is why what we see are accidents what we see are epidemics what we are seeing is a war so that is from a dual perspective so what is our role what does it come to simple increase your sattva element and we have already discussed and shared you know how do you increase that sattva element by reducing rajasik and tamasik things and through food through right company through right literature through right works that is how you improve the sattva element in you and when you see the play of tamas and rajas there are so many things which come to us and then uh, you know do we stop stop them over there do we just uh, finish put a full stop or do we take them forward do we carry them over like somebody comes and tells you something negative do you just put a full stop over there or do you also go and talk about this negativity to another person even you know these simple things somebody says a bad thing and you spread it or do you just close the chapter over there so we are all participating in that and once you become a witness that you will see and that will happen naturally it will come and it will go away that is what that happens and there is one more thing i want to add over here as i said uh, depending on what gunas what qualities are present in you that is how you get attracted to different people that is how we are in satsang today and that is how of course here nobody needs to know this but i'm still saying that is how you also choose your guru so you know some people who say oh i got stuck with a wrong guru so see you don't get stuck why did you get attracted to a wrong guru or guru who later cheated you is because at that point of time those were the elements which are dominant in you maybe rajas was dominant in you maybe tamas was dominant in you and we have seen of many you know like tamas there is a high possibility some gurus will tell you oh come to us and you know we will just give you something and we will give you a mantra and everything will go away within you know 3 days kundalini jagran will happen we will just give you a hug and all your problems will solve now what kind of a sadhak will get attracted over there who is high in tamas who is lazy who doesn't want to do any work naturally you will get attracted to those kinds of gurus no so whenever we are anything is happening either we are getting attracted whether we are choosing we think we are doing that it's actually the play of the gunas so i hope uh, this answered the question for the one who asked but yes if if there is, there is anything more please go ahead so that was just one question i wanted to talk about uh, in case you have please any other questions please share over here and even when we talk about death one as i said it definitely would be the tamas element because tamas is about the closure tamas is about lack uh, stopping the activity arresting the activity right inertia so that would lead to death and other thing that is said is for this creature whatever guna has been dominant for you and especially at the time of the death which guna is more dominant whether it is rajas or whether it is sattva that is how the next birth also happens that is kind of again from a dualistic perspective i'm just sharing that 
Nobody has any questions, so it's good to be in silence. Sanjay is asking, what would you say on Devalokas as mentioned in Buddhism? Sorry, Sanjay, I don't know much about that, about the Devalokas. I have uh, definitely studied Buddhism. I did a course, but uh, really don't know much about it. I have no experience also of this, of the Devalok. Right now, I only have experience of the Prithvi Lok. And on Prithvi Lok, those who have higher Sattva element, we say, Aap Dev Jaise hai, no? So, Devas with high Sattva quality, we see on the Prithvi Lok. I don't even know if the Devalokas in Buddhism are same or different from the Devalokas in Hinduism. Earlier, I would have believed possibly they would be the same, but uh, now I don't know. Okay, Rajeshwari is asking, is there any significance behind the rituals that are followed after the death of a person? Very good question, Rajeshwari. In Hinduism, as you know, there is a lot of significance that has been given to it. And, uh, but of course, you know, a lot of rituals, I don't know if they are performed in the right manner. So for, uh, I would say, people who have not come on the spiritual path, okay, for them, these rituals may help. May help from what perspective? From the perspective, it allows them to, one, clear the bonds with the people who have passed away. In the sense that um, we say there is a lot of, uh, you know, karmic stuff which goes on with the people and those who are from the family. So when you, and most of the rituals are talking about, you know, giving, a uh, you know, lot of objects that you give away, you do a lot of dan, punya in their name, maybe certain, uh, you know, pujas are there. I don't know about the pujas, but from the dan, punya perspective, I would say it is like, I, I don't know if it helps the other person, but it helps you, the person who's performing the ritual. Uh, it would definitely help that person. And especially if you have any kind of uh, anything left inside you, whether emotional or any such, that will help. That is what I understand. But if you have come on the spiritual path, if you have specially understood who you are, then these rituals have no meaning. Absolutely not. It is not required. As per me, this is my understanding. That once you understand who you are and what is the reality of this world and what is the reality of these people, well, you know, some people may do it still under the social obligation or because they may have other family members uh, for whom they need to do it or some people have a desire that these things should be done and if somebody has a desire yes we do fulfill other people's desires for sure but uh, from a spiritual perspective it it really does not matter anymore but all these rituals what i understand have a very deep psychological significance and if you will see the rituals have also been uh, created for the masses the rituals are not created for few and in masses, these psychological things uh, work a lot because somewhere they can just have this uh, catharsis in a way, psychologically cleaning up in the mind that yes, they have done whatever needed to be done for the other person or even if there were some issues with those people who have passed away, they can kind of clear it, whatever it may be. Satguru has spoken a lot about death and uh, the significance and uh, on these rituals. In fact, uh, his book, Death, there's a book uh, which has become very popular. So maybe we could look at that. If you learn something else, Rajeshwari, please do share. This is all that I know and I think. 
Okay, Padvekar is asking, um, can you share something more about Kriya Yoga, especially on Guru Parampara? Yes, Padvekar, my favorite topic, Kriya Yoga. So thank you for asking that. Kriya Yoga, when we talk about, it is a psychophysical system. Okay, and here Kriya Yoga is important in the dualistic perspective. When we are in the illusion, when we are in this world, and what are we doing? We are using this body and mind to understand something. We are using the visible elements to understand something which is invisible. And in yoga tradition, there is a lot of importance that is given to fire. Okay, and I'm going to talk about the yogic fire. But before that, just to understand, even if we talk about fire, see the beauty of fire is one, it starts in the known, but it goes into the unknown. Have you seen that? If we, if you burn something, if you burn a candle also, okay, there is there will be a part that you can see of the fire, but the fire does not end there, right? Where the where we see the end of that law, it is not the end because even if a uh, one centimeter above that you will keep your finger it will burn so it is known and unknown right it, it has both these elements and the second quality of fire is that it has the purification process it purifies anything that put in you uh, you put in fire it gets purified immediately right so that is the purpose and third uh, third uh, element of fire is that it is always going up it is going against the gravity so now, what is Kriya Yoga? Kriya Yoga is about creating the yogic fire inside you. The yogic fire. So what does the yogic fire do? Because right now you are in the body, the visible, the body and the mind. Mind is visible in the sense you are aware of the mind. And by creating that fire, it will take you from here to there. That is the purpose of Kriya Yoga. And it also purifies. What is it purifying? The sanskaras. We say that there are so many sanskaras that we are carrying, even what we were talking about now, the rajas and the tamas gun and all these, you know, in so many lifetimes, so much uh, baggage we have collected. Until and unless we clear that baggage, how are we going to go into the unknown? That baggage only keeps us down. So what are we going to do? In that yogic fire, we will burn all the sanskaras. And the kriya yogic breathing, uh, which is taken it actually directly impacts the spine. It is taken from the spine. It is a spinal breathing. And it is also said that all the uh, all these sanskaras in a very subtle way are all in your spine. That is what is said in the yogic tradition. So when you breathe from there, it creates that fire and it purifies. And then of course the fire is taking you from below to up. So below to up would be again, first I said visible to invisible. Then it is about, this is the lower layer. The body and the mind are the lower layers. So that yogic fire will take you to the higher layers. And how do you do that? You do that through a particular breathing practice. And uh, I have also shared that in Kriya Yoga also, as you said, the uh, you know Guru Parampara. So there are paramparas, there are traditions and uh, lineages. And in every uh, lineage, the practice I have found to be different. Like um, if you see in the last 150, 200 years, like 1800 something is when the Kriya Yoga was brought for the people, for the Grahasthis, uh, the family people, before the, by uh, Sri Lahri Mahashaya. Before that, it was only practiced by the yogis of the mountains. 
uh, in the Himalayas or you know very few people and when it was brought down then Lahari Mahashe had his disciples and we know of one as Yukteswar Giriji and from Yukteswar Giriji Yoganandaji now if and I have actually studied all three so what Lahari, those who are still following Lahari Mahashe's tradition they have a different way in which they teach, teach Kriya Yoga those who are following Yukteswar Giriji's parampara uh, that they have a different style of Kriya Yoga and from the Yogananda there is a different style and then there is uh, Bihar school of Yoga Munger they have a completely different practice of Kriya Yoga okay now one would like really think that how come you know all of them are teaching different things so what I understand from here is Kriya Yoga is nothing but a set of exercises set of breathing practices which are organized and sequenced in such a way that it becomes a very complete package which allows that fire to arise in you which burns the purity and takes you from uh, known to the unknown and then maybe different rishis or different people who have realized or understood those yogis they have come with different ways depending also on the kind of devotees they are catering to so what I have also heard is that um, the most difficult is what has been taught by Lahari Mahashe. That is a very, very difficult uh, process. And compared to that, what Yoganandaji taught was very simple. Uh, and the reason we can actually understand, we can just apply logic over here and understand. When Lahari Mahashe was teaching at that time, the people, the quality of life, the kind of devotees you would get. And then Yoganandaji, who was mainly, he had gone to the West and taught and it was being spread, it was being readied for the masses, right? Then definitely he is teaching it in a very different form. But then you have, uh, you know, like uh, from all these traditions, you would have people who have realized, who have understood. So you can't even compare and say, oh no, that is better, this is better. This is just a human mind which says that. My own experience is whatever uh, path or process you take, you just follow it with discipline, you just follow it with sincerity and it will give you results. And the Guru Parampara is very important in a way. Uh, see, when you are doing these practices, Kriya Yoga is a very strong practice, if I must say that. It can give you very positive results, but if you don't do it correctly, it can also maybe harm you. Another thing is, it may lead to certain kinds of experiences, which if you are not under the training of a guru or if you are not a part of the lineage, you may have difficulty understanding what is happening to you. So that proper, uh, you know, see, see with the parampara, you get a kind of a protection. It is your protection shield. People are there. So that's why it becomes really important that you follow that. And uh, when you follow, so what I have learned and what I have practiced is Yogarandaji's way. And I have found that to be like really simple. Um, like in the sense, of course, it leads also to certain things, but they can be easily managed. So I, I just hope uh, this uh, answers your question. And another thing about Kriya Yoga, I don't know if I mentioned it last time. It is actually activating your Sushumna Nadi. Uh, for those who are from the tradition will understand. You know, you have this uh, uh, Ida, Pingla and Sushumna. So all of us know that Ida Nadi is what cools the body. Pingla is what heats the body. And then when you do and when it, there is always a shift from Ida to Pingla and Pingla to Ida that is from the left or the moon uh, Nadi to the sun Nadi and sun Nadi to the moon Nadi. And in between for a second, sometimes for a millisecond, sometimes for a second, maybe sometimes for a few seconds, 
when the shift is happening the sushumna nadi becomes activated okay and if uh, if we go deeper into the yoga tradition there are certain activities you should do only when your moon nadi is running there are certain activities you should do only when your sun nadi is activity uh, active and there are certain activities you should do only under the sushumna nadi okay but sushumna nadi for most people is not active okay it only happens naturally for a few seconds but when you start practicing kriya yoga more and more the sushumna nadi gets activated and once the sushumna nadi gets activated what does that mean that means that both the the uh, when you breathe the air will be absolutely balanced in both the nostrils it will be the same one nostril will not be dominant and you can stay in that how long can you stay with those to be the same that will tell how much your sushumna nadi is active and there is also a time which is specified over there that if your sushumna nadi can be active for a particular piece of time then a person achieves uh, you know that uh, realizes uh, if you put it in that way from that known to the unknown that moves that is what that happens over there pragya deep is asking i many times observed my breath i could not take deep breathing short breathing always it takes lot of effort to deep breathe and to hold breath what could be the reason or will it improve after some time with practice okay hmm short breathing so pragya if i remember i think uh, uh, there is some uh, uh, other problem also you are facing right because yes one is like breathing should happen yes yeah so maybe that is the reason why the short breath another thing you need to check is are you breathing through your stomach and breathing through the stomach means that when i inhale my stomach should come out and when i exhale my stomach should go in you know it's like a balloon yes so do you breathe through your stomach i'm just asking pragya have you noticed that most times okay very good so if you breathe through your stomach then the breath will not be very short it uh, naturally becomes longer uh, and even we have uh, you know even guruji has been talking about even on the path of knowledge those who have not done the breathing practice when you are in awareness naturally the breath becomes very slow and deep okay it is a so it happens both ways and if you see that is the idea of the yogis so deep and long breathing will lead to a calm state of mind where wisdom can be achieved where the understanding of my true nature can be realized okay and when the understanding of the true nature is realized uh, it leads to slow and deep breathing right so the process can be so you can uh, catch it from either of the ends so the yogis what they do they focus on the breathing so the wisdom happens or when you are in wisdom the long breathing should happen so uh, maybe because of that problem this is happening but if you want to practice you could do that you could just watch uh, practice it longer maybe for 10 minutes or so and see if it is helping you but if it is uncomfortable then don't do it uh, maybe it's because of the other problem that it is happening otherwise with practice it does increase but have you been practicing regularly pragya have you been practicing every day even the stopping of the breath and all Okay, fifteen minutes. Very good. Fifteen minutes is a good time. It should have happened. Maybe. Okay. Maybe we will talk separately about it. I will just check with you. So as we practice slowly and slowly, the breath does increase. The time that you can you take to inhale or even stop or exhale, um, it helps. Shubham 
Okay, Shubham has answered Sanjay's question. Thank you, Shubham. He's shared a link in one of the article. Very good. Okay, Anjali has shared something. Anjali, do you have a question around that? Or okay, you have given uh, this uh, explanation of Ida Pingla and Sushumna. Nice. And in a certain way, uh, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of guessing. This Ida Pingla Sushumna could also be related to the three gunas of uh, tamas, rajas, and sattva. I don't know if Ida is uh, tamas, not really, because Ida is the moon nadi, the cooling. But Pingla, so you know, all the activities which require energy, where you know you have to do physical effort. Okay, uh, so uh, I'll share with you a very simple thing, uh, and maybe many of you already know that whenever you need to do any physical effort, anything, uh, hardly all of, uh, any of us does any physical effort anymore, but still, then if you do it under when your sun nadi is running, when your surya nadi is running, you will find that you have all the energy. You will not lose energy. Sometimes when we say, oh, I'm feeling very tired, we do some physical work and immediately start feeling tired. That means that I was doing physical effort or physical work when my moon nadi was running or when my ida was running. Okay. Similarly, when you are studying, when you are um, doing any kind of manan or thinking or doing these spiritual things, whatever, if at that time your moon nadi is running that means your left nostril is running you will see that you understand very quickly you get it but when your physical the sun nadi is running and you are trying to study that means you are trying to do mental work then you will find a problem over there and if you see you are doing something and not losing energy but gaining it that means you are doing the right uh, task or right activity under the right uh, nostril breathing that is how it works and you can even play around with that. So, for example, at that moment, you may check and you feel, no, no, my, uh, you know, I need to do some physical work, but my left nostril is running. That means my moon nadi is running. So, what do you do? You shift your attention to the right one. You close the moon nadi, maybe for two, three minutes with your, if you are closing the left nostril, then close it with the left hand thumb. You close it and allow the right one to run so you can change it and once the right starts running then you can do that particular physical work that you want to do i had also shared that for digestion issues if we eat our food when the right nostril is running you will never have digestion issues you can check that so you know these are some like basic basic things that one can look at and of course every time it does not happen naturally so that means we have to change it we have to shift it you shouldn't change too many times but little bit here and there uh, once in a while even a you know once in a day is absolutely okay you can play around with this Rajeshwari is saying Suranadi helps in the digestion of food that is why you are asked to lie down on left side yes that's right so some people will advise you that after you've had your food you lie down on the left side because what happens is when you lie down on your left side automatically your right nostril starts running it opens up and if it opens up then your food gets digested now this is what we are doing after we have eaten the food isn't it what I am sharing with you is something why do you need to do it after you know even before while eating the food while eating the food before that if you ensure that your right nostril is running or at when you are eating that time the right nostril is running the food will get digested very fast if you face uh, let's say if you don't remember to do that then what Rajeshwari said, you lie down on the left side 
or maybe you are in office you are working you cannot lie down right so what do you do nothing you just go sit on your chair sit straight and close your left nostril for and uh, actually you can breathe through the right nostril 21 times 21 times breathe through the right nostril and you will have a burp you can try that rajeshwari is saying bhook ke samay logon se intezar nahi hota hoga are bhook lagi hogi to to waise hi iska matlab hai ki aapki right nostril chal rahi hai ye aap check kar sakte hain aajkal hamara problem kya hai rajeshwari it is not ki hum bina bhook ke bahut baar khate hain are time ho gaya kha lo ghar mein sab log kha rahe hain kha lo agar office mein hai to ek hi time hai kha lo और पता ही नहीं है भूख लगी है या नहीं लगी आई डोट नो हाउ मेनी हाउ मेनी ऑफ फर्स्ट हाउ मेनी टाइम्स डू वी ईट व्हेन वी आर रियली हंगरी एंड यू कैन चेक व्हेन यू आर रियली हंगरी एट दैट टाइम योर राइट नॉस्ट्रल वुड बी रनिंग यू कैन चेक दैट सो दैट इज व्हाई यू नो ऑल दीज प्रैक्टिसेस हैव टू बी लर्नड एंड अप्लाइड अदरवाइज देर वॉज नो नीड इफ वी वुड ईट ओनली वेन वी आर हंगरी वी वुडेंट हैव एनी प्रॉब्लम वॉट द बर्ब मीन्स ढकार पाडवेकर खाना खाने के बाद ढकार लेते हैं ना वो एक आपको एक अच्छी सी फीलिंग आ जाती है कि हाँ खाना पच गया है वाई डू यू नीड टू प्रैक्टिस दिस ब्रीथिंग इफ यू फील यू विल हैव डाइजेशन इशू इफ यू आर नॉर्मल एवरीथिंग इज फाइन यू डोंट नीड टू डू दैट राइट बट इफ यू आर हैविंग यू मे फील अ लिटिल गैस इन द स्टमक और समथिंग देन यू कैन जस्ट डू दिस प्रैक्टिस ट्वेंटी वन ब्रेथ्स एंड आई टेल यू विद इन अ फ्यू ब्रेथ्स ओनली यू डोंट यू विल नॉट इवन नीड टू गो अंटिल ट्वेंटी वन यू विल हैव अ बर्क बिटवीन दैट प्रैक्टिस ओनली एंड यू विल नो दैट द फूड हैज गॉन डाउन why the food is not going down because there is gas over there there is air over there in you know somewhere so that air comes out rajeshwari is saying bagal mein haath dabane se bhi nadi badal jati hai na ha bilkul bilkul rajeshwari ye sab tarike hain aap anguthe se naak ko band kar lijiye aap bai dai taraf let jaiye aap bagal mein haath daba lijiye ye sab hai but the best way the best way to change your breath from left to right or right to left is through your attention If you can do that, that is the ideal way of doing. I pay attention to my left nostril, and the left starts running. Until that happens, then we have to apply any of those things. But generally, uh, you know, lying down on the left-right side or putting your hand uh, under arms, they are not very comfortable or convenient, and, and may not be possible all the times, right? So that's why closing the nostril is something you can do anywhere, anytime. and attention of course you know uh, closing the nostril still somebody will be able to see you right if you are in a meeting you can't do that but you can easily move your attention without anyone knowing about it in case okay pragya is saying i think after food we do walk for the same reason to activate our right nostril interesting no i have not heard it i never thought about it but when you are saying that pragya maybe that makes sense because if we are walking that means we are doing physical activity and physical activity may possibly activate the right nostril i'm not sure about it because i have not uh, but maybe we, we will need to check i i think i'm going to try this i will experiment and let you know whether whether that happens or not if i walk does my right nostril get activated then i will let you know but this uh, pranayam this breathing practice is like a whole science, there's a whole science around it there are so many ways so many techniques it's amazing there is a technique for everything that you can learn so i will just summarize what we discussed today it was again on the three elements and we learned from a non dual perspective everything is happening by these three gunas of the nature nature is playing 
and all the three gunas are playing by themselves. Even when we like a certain food, it's not that we like it. It's the way our nature is matching with the nature of the food. As simple as that. That's the reason why we are in satsang and we are not in disco because our nature comes over here. It attracts us to this particular kind of crowd and this conversation. And when we talk about uh, anything negative that happens in the world, it's also a play of nature. But since all of us cannot just witness and accept what is, is, so what can we do? We can plan to increase the sattvic gun in ourselves so that we can balance the play of the tamas and the rajas. And when we balance it, then we add on to make the world more beautiful. We add on to make this uh, creation more beautiful. And uh, we then stop being part of the epidemics and accidents. Because when we are taking negative action based on the influences of uh, negativity from other people, then we are also adding on to it. Even when we are thinking about it, we are adding on. So our focus until then, until we become a witness, has to be increasing the sattva gun in ourselves because that is the neutralizing factor and that is what will make. And that is also, the more the sattva gun is, it will be the door to the higher self. Okay, so Kanika is writing, so many changes have happened without noticing it. I love asparagus now. Okay, <laughs> very interesting. Yes, a very good point Kanika over here. We would have seen changes in us, no? Like earlier, the kind of foods or kind of people or kind of clothes or what attracted us, it changes, right? So what has changed? It is the elements that have changed. That is why we say now we like this particular thing. Like how Kanika is saying, I love asparagus now. So we start liking simpler things and uh, easy things. So we will all keep increasing the sattva gun. We will all go beyond the gunas and be a witness and be able to watch the play of these gunas. That's what we are all working towards. So thank you so much for joining in today, for spending your time here, for asking such great questions, for listening and lots of love to all of you. I'm going to catch up again next Thursday. Thank you.